This episode of the Not Ideal Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Listen, I don't got this hat on and this sweater on for nothing. Let's go, man. You know what to do. Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. Download the app right now and let them know that Crocky sent you. How are you going to do that? Well, you're going to put in Crocky when they ask how you heard about them. All right. C-R-O-C-K-Y. Do that when you deposit any amount of money and they'll match whatever you do up to $100. All right. If you're into fantasy football, baseball, basketball, over-unders, props, player props, all that good stuff, then Underdog Fantasy is the app for you. Download the app right now or go to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code Crocky, and start making you some money. Let's go. Yes, sir. This is, this is, this is episode one of the Not Ideal Podcast with your boy, Eric Crocker. And I know y'all used to hearing me talk about sports. You see all the sports stuff in the background. I might have to switch up the whole vibe of this room when I get on this podcast here because this here is for the aspiring business owners, entrepreneurs, and people just kind of find their way. And um, it, it's funny how I started this. I had one of my homies, he kind of helps me with a lot of my content, my boy Chris, and he's like, why do you want to do this? And essentially my answer was to inspire because I know I, I needed it. But I think y'all need something that's, that's real. The, the real talk about entrepreneurship and the grind, the hustle, and kind of what it took to get started. And again, everybody's path is going to be different. But today, on this episode, God's Plan, we're going to talk about mine. All right, so for those of you who don't know, I, I have multiple podcasts and I'm on Locked On 49ers, Locked On NFL Draft. I got San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. Uh, I, I do a draft season podcast with the New York Giants. I uh, do all that stuff. I train athletes. Um, I've had partnerships with Lion Sports. I got one with Underdog Fantasy. All kind of things that I'm doing. Trying to get me, get me to this point where it's like, hey, you got to talk about this stuff a little bit. And, and, and the process of it. Because I'm always getting hit up in the DMs from people asking me, man, hey, Bobcat, like, how do you do it? Hey, man, how much money do you make from it? And me, I'm an open book. And I'm, I'm going to tell everything on here. That's what this is for. Talk about the real stuff. Because, you know, I see on... TikTok, I see on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, people talking about entrepreneur stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and it's like, man, y'all not talking about the real stuff, y'all not talking about like the real grind, the real struggle, the real hustle, and as they're going through it, because right now, right now, I'm still going through the process of this, I haven't figured it all out, I just got to a point where it's like, okay, I got a certain level of quote-unquote success, whatever you think success is, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting there, so it's all right, you can talk about it. You can talk about it and, and be real about it. And me being from Northside Stockton, the only thing I know how to do is be real, baby. So, again, man, episode one, God's plan here, and we're going to get into it. I, I'll talk about on a later episode, you know, my stint in the NFL, uh, Arena League, all that stuff, uh, you know, how I grew up, what I grew up, certain things that kind of shaped my mind, the way I think. But I I wanted to start this one with just the, the real part of the entrepreneur, how I got in, into it and where I feel like I'm heading and, and things I'm doing right now. And this isn't a, about bragging or boasting. This is just about, you know, my testimony and, and sharing that in hopes to inspire. All right. So how did I even get into this, man? The mindset. It really started with LeVar Ball. And I know that sounds crazy. I'm like, LeVar Ball? You talking about Lonzo and LiAngelo and LaMelo? Like, their dad? Like, yeah, him. And I was listening to him talk. And at this time, I'm working out at elementary school. 
Polyum Elementary out there in Stockton. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working at a gym, CrossFit 209. I've been training athletes for several years at that point. And I'm listening to LeVar Ball talk. And he's talking about, you know, having your own. And, you know, he had his son's shoe and he was charging like $500 a pair. And it was like, everybody's like, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. And he's like, man, like, but it was their own. They wanted to do it their way. Now, if it's successful or not, whatever. But he put himself out there to at least make the best of it, to build a brand, to build a name. And I, and I believe he did a really good job of doing that. Matter of fact, I mean, he's still rocking big baller brand to this day and doing his thing with it. Right. But I, I was really inspired. But you know, I felt like he was talking to me every time they had him on the talk show and he's puffing his chest out and he's talking about, man, this and that. And my boys, they're going to do this and that. And he was speaking a lot of that stuff into existence. But I really grasped the entrepreneur aspect of it and the, the mindset, the confidence that you have to have to kind of go through this and, and the way you have to view yourself. So me at the time, working at CrossFit 209, shout out to my guy, Vince Carter, Gabe over there, you know, working at Polium and you know, you start looking at your situation. It's like, man, I'm working from sun up to sun down just to make ends meet. And and I know former NFL player will get to that, but the NFL stands for not for long. And my career definitely was not for long. So I ain't got money like this at this point, especially a few years down the line. I, I have nothing, but I'm working to, to support my family. And, and it's tough. And I told you I'm going to be real about the process of all this stuff, but I'd say I was making you know, and shoot, they're taking out child support and all type of stuff. At the school alone, I'm working six and a half hours a day and getting up there at what, 8 a.m. to 3.30 or whatever, right? And making, I can't even remember the amount uh, per hour, but I know monthly after child support was coming out, I was bringing in about $1,200 a month. Now, with how expensive California is, like, how the fuck were you living off of that? All right, so... That was that. Then I would leave there and go straight to a gym. And I would train athletes for the next few hours. In, a, in an environment where I was kind of being told how many hours I can work, what they really wanted to pay me. Okay, you could do this class and this class. And if you train anybody extra, then you got to charge them this amount. And I was doing all this just to make ends meet. My wife would get up. She would go to work. Uh, you know, I would get the kids ready. I would take them to school. I had to drop them off at a few different schools. I would get to work and then I wouldn't get home until what, 8 p.m. at night? Tired, exhausted, making just enough to get by and doing that every single day of the week. And then on the weekends, I mean, it wasn't no easier with sports, uh, coaching, training, my kids' sports, you know, traveling. So, I mean, it was just nonstop for, a, for some years of doing some stuff like I'm not happy with it. Like I'm not happy with where I'm at. I'm excited about some of the things I'm doing and, and the way I'm impacting lives. But LeVar Ball kind of taught me like, man, if you can be doing this, do this for yourself. If I'm going to struggle, and this is what my mindset turned to, if I'm going to struggle and live paycheck to paycheck, then at least figure out a way to do it on your terms and the things that you want to do. And you'll feel happy about building it and working and busting your butt to, to get by. So, I mean, at the time working at a gym, Working at the school, you know, I'm bringing in maybe, I don't know, $3,000 a month. <laughs> and that's not a whole lot to be able to live off of, especially in Stockton, especially when you got kids and you want to do different things with them. So uh, from there, I created a business plan. And shout out to my homegirl, Bobby. Uh, you know, I met her in 2009. I'm at Desto Junior College. She, you know, helped me. She's big into marketing and things like that. And she helped me put together a business plan. 
and it's legit. And anyone, if any of y'all out there, y'all want to see the business plan, I've lended it to people. Like, if you want to see how it's constructed and what's in it, shoot, let me know. I'll shoot you an email with it. All right. But the the, the business plan started to make it feel real. Like, all right, e, like, is this what you're trying to do? You want to be your own boss, you want to own your own gym, all those good things. We'll, we'll figure it out, but at least have the plan. So I had a plan on how I was going to do it. Now, how was I going to get the money for it? And all those things, like that's a whole different. We looked at different spots and things like that, but nothing ever came from it. So I made this business plan probably in 2017, 2018, somewhere around. Whenever Lonzo Ball was coming out of college that year, that was the year I made the business plan. And I was just trying to figure it out. But again, kept going through this process for years to the point where, you know, I could see the stress, you know, with my wife, everything. And we'll, we'll talk about the elements of like the marriage with entrepreneurship and stuff like that. But ultimately, something had to change. Something. And I'm like, all right, man, like the, the, the gym stuff's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I can't keep get, trying to get by like that. But man, I went to college to be a teacher. And I'm trying to go to Stanislaus State or I'm trying to go to Sac State. And they're like, well, you're going to have to start over as a junior college transfer. I'm like, man, I hate school. I want to finish so I can teach, but I don't want to start over and have an extra year or so when I can go back to my university in Arkansas and, you know, finish in a year. And it made sense for myself and my wife. My wife entered their nursing program. I went out, set it all up. We talked about it. She'd be done in a year. She had all the prereqs done. All right, let's go. So we up and moved to Arkansas. It wasn't the easiest decision to make. I had two kids in California, but it's not like, all right, e, you can't keep doing the stuff you're doing right now. You got to do what's best for your kids long term. If you take this, I don't even want to call it a sacrifice, but invest this time into yourself. And, you know, when you get back, dude, you'll, you'll, you'll be a teacher and your, and your wife will be a, a nurse and everybody will live happily ever after. and You'll be good. So we up and moved to Arkansas. People are like, Arkansas? Like, where's that? <laughs> where's Arkansas on the map? I knew where it was because I went to college here. All right. Before I went to, you know, arena league and the NFL and all that type of stuff. And again, on another episode, we'll, we'll talk about that. But we get out here and I was told that I was coming to be an assistant, uh, student assistant. I was only coach on the staff and it didn't happen for whatever reason. To this day, I couldn't tell you exactly why, but like, I legit don't know why. I didn't come. But I think the only thing you could think of is God's plan. Again, that's the title of this podcast. But God brought me out here and he said, you know what? You, you think I'm bringing you out here to coach at this university and finish your, getting your degree while doing that for those people. But now nah, I'm going to show you something different. So it's funny, man. We moved out here and uh, we're looking for furniture. We had saved up some money. I'll talk about some jobs I had to work you know, just to save up money, man. I mean, I was working several jobs. I talked about, you know, the school, training the athletes. I also worked overnight at 7-Eleven. Overnight, man. Y'all know how embarrassing that was for me? And I feel like I needed it. I needed it. And I'm not knocking anyone that works at 7-Eleven. If that's what you do and that's what you want to be, great. That wasn't what I aspired to be. Not some 7-Eleven store clerk. And I had to work that overnight. It was, it was tough, but I felt like I, I needed that. And, you know, I proved to myself, like, man, I'll do anything, try to support my family. And that was part of it. So I'm out here, saved up money. We're looking for furniture, my wife and I, and I run into the family, the Rawls. And for whatever reason, they, they were intrigued by us. I had my best friend Donald with me, and we'll talk about things me and Donald did, robbing stores, all that type of stuff. 
But um, I had my best friend with me. He got tattoos all on his face and dreads all over his head and stuff. And they're like, man, y'all not from here. Where y'all from? <laughs> like, man, we're from California. And we just talked to them for a while. And by the time I left, they were like, you know, you're new here in town. Do you want a job? I'm like, sure. I ain't turning down no money. So I, I got a job at a furniture store. All right. And this stuff isn't that long ago. I mean, right now it's 2022. This is 2020 when I first got out here uh, in the middle of COVID, everything going on crazy like that. So I work at the furniture store for a while. And I started to look and I'm like, man, there's no sports performance trainers here. I think there's a big opportunity here for me to like corner the market with training. So I told my wife, babe, I think I might be able to put my business plan to use out here. You know, I got the, whatever happened at the university. I'm not coaching there. I think there's a there's a window of opportunity for me here to like to really start this. And, and I can see it. And I know it's not ideal, but do you think you can give me a few years? Give me a few years to see if I can make something happen here. And I and I told her what my plan was. I remember sitting in the car in front of the apartment and just talking about it. I'm like, man, I, I think I, I got this. She's like, all right, but, you know, we got kids back home. Like, what are you going to do about that? And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. So I'm working at the furniture store, and I'm training some athletes. And one of the kids' parents, Strand Smith, all right, his parents hit me dad social media he says hey man like love that you've been working with my son how much do you want me to pay like what are you charging and i said you know what don't don't worry about it don't worry about paying or anything like that you know he's doing his thing i, I you know uh, he's working hard he, he's getting everything guys working with the other kids you know he's a quarterback he's throwing stuff like that we're working on footwork like don't worry about paying he said you sure i was like yeah i hadn't met him this was just messages back and forth on social media but we're going to talk about god's plan all right. So fast forward a few months, you know, again, I'm still working at the furniture store. I'm looking for spots, man, where can I open up a gym, throw, lay, lay some turf down, put some equipment in there. And I go to a game with my son. But at this time, we had just kind of got out here. So my son wasn't playing football yet, but he wanted to go out of town and watch a game between some of his buddies in this uh, Crosstown rivalry. It's not Crosstown, but it's about 15 minutes away. Warren, we get in there and I'm sitting down. And I feel someone tap me on my shoulder. And I'm looking like, man, don't nobody really know me out here like that, right? So I look. The guy was like, Eric Crocker? I said, yes. He said, I appreciate everything you did with those boys. I'm Danny Smith. You need anything, you let me know. I was like, all right. And then, you know, I went back to watching the game. He was like, hey, we're going to watch our son tomorrow night. So if you want to go up and sit in the, you know, the, the blue seats, we'll be up there and you can watch the game with us. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and I want to put myself out there and meet some of the parents of the kids I'm, I'm coaching and I'm trying to learn how to, you know, that aspect of it, the relationship building between not just the kids, but the parents as well. So I go and sit up there with them the following day. And again, I mean, this was a game I wasn't interested in going to the day before my son wanted to go. And somehow Mr. Smith just ended up sitting right behind me. So I'm talking to him at the game and y'all know me. I mean, I, I can talk football till I'm bull in the face. I mean, that's what I do. So I'm talking and, you know, he, they're listening like, man, you know, really passionate about this. And he says, you know, hey, I got this gym on my property. If you want to ever use it to work out, you know, if you have you know, don't have time to go do the CrossFit you're doing or if you want to work with some of the boys up there, you know, feel free. I'm like, all right, you know, thanks. Now, I, I know that I'm trying to look for my own spot. So I just like, you know, you know, thank you. That, you know, cool. I appreciate that. But, you know, in my head is like, I got this thing I'm trying to do. 
So then the next week comes. I see him at the game again, and we're talking. And he brings it up again. Hey, you know, by the way, you know, the gym, and, you know, you want to come check it out? And I'm like, all right, you know, you know okay. And again, still, I'm still thinking about me trying to get this other place. And then he texts me the next day, and he says, hey, I got some free time if you want to come up here and, you know, check everything out, check the gym out. And I'm like, all right. Now I'm thinking, okay, he has a gym at his house. You know, people have a, a gym in their garage or something like that, you know, a little home gym or whatever. That's what I'm thinking. So I go up there, and he shows me the gym. And it wasn't just a home gym. It was a legit, like, gym, kind of set up for CrossFit. But I was like, man, like, <laughs> got everything that I, I would be able to need or use to really get these athletes better. And I'm talking to him, and, and I'm saying, you know, I, I appreciate the offer, but, you know, I have something else I'm trying to do. And, you know, I'm trying to go out and, and get a spot. And, and the, the Rawls have been helping me look for a spot. Uh, shout out to my girl, Sam. She she was helping me, like, call, make phone calls and everything, trying to get me in. And uh, first of all, the people out here have been amazing to me since moving here. So Danny says, you know, like, listen, it, it's up to you. But, you know, I see how passionate you are about these kids. And I see how passionate, passionate you are about training the athletes. So... If you want to use this spot, feel free. You can build your clientele and, you know, we can talk about the other stuff later, you know, how much it costs and all that. I'm like, all right. And he says, you know, and come outside. And he showed me. He's like, man, if you know, if it gets big enough, maybe we can build a gym out there or something. And I'm looking like, and so he's looking at me and he could tell I'm looking at him kind of funny. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see my face, but I was kind of taken back. And he said, well, no, I, I don't I don't want anything from you. There's no catch. There's no strings. I just believe in what you're doing. And I think it's going to be something great for the community. And I was taken back because, you know, it, it's like, what, what what is going on here? So a little bit of time goes by and I say, you know what? You know, I talked to my wife. I, I'm going to do it. And I have a business plan. I want to show you my business plan. So I show my business plan that I had made, you know, four years ago at that time, three, four years ago. And he looks through and he's like, man, this is awesome. And we're talking about it and everything. And next thing you know, I end up training the athletes. But not before quitting my job at the furniture store. And when we talk about, you know, kind of putting yourself out there, believing in yourself, going all in, this was not something that I thought I was going to do. I, I didn't have any money. I've been working at a furniture store. The money that we saved up, I mean, we were kind of running through that. And I'm making the bare minimum, moving furniture for five hours a day. I got a podcast at the time I'm doing, making about $600, and it's helping. But I ain't have any money saved up. But I just believed in God's plan, and I felt like all of this stuff was happening for a reason. So I told my wife, I said, uh, and she didn't even know this until my last day at the job, where, you know, we're all talking to the Rawls. And I was like, well, you know, I appreciate everything, and I love y'all. But, you know, this is going to be my last day. And my wife looks at me like, your last day? Like, no way. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not coming back. One, you know, starting January 2nd or 3rd, whenever it was that day, I'm going to train the athletes full time. And she said, you have no money saved up. So she told him, like, he'll be back. And I'm like, no, I won't. I believe in this, and I'm going all in on it. And at times in entrepreneurship, there are going to be uncomfortable moments. And that was one of them. 
Now, this was just starting the gym and, and training athletes. But what that leads to eventually, what I'm going to tell you guys, I mean, again, it's nothing but God's plan. So I jump in head first to the deep end. I can't even swim. And I just tell him to figure it out. I start training athletes. I got one kid there the first day. He walks in, little Cooper. He walks in and he's like, where the other kids at? I'm like, well, you're the only kid here. But if you want any more kids here, you don't tell your friends. And he's looking around and so he he stays. And the first day I had one kid. He loved it. He did an awesome job. He came back the next day. And sure enough, you know, there's three kids. Then there's four kids. Then there's five kids. Then there's 10 kids at the four o'clock. And then the five o'clock gets going in. There's five kids, 10 kids, 15 kids, 20 kids, 25 kids. So by the time I look up and could take a second to breathe, I, mean, I got 50, 60, 50 kids I'm working out a day. Couldn't believe it. And I was like, man, I kind of worked to bet on myself, but man, I'm running out of space. So I talked to Mr. Smith. I make the call to him. And I say, Mr. Smith, remember we talked about building that gym? I think I kind of run out of space here right now. What do you think we should do? And he said, you know, let's look into getting that building. So we looked into getting that building and Right now, it's being built. It's actually in the process of being built on the property where I live now, my home. And I'll get into some of that eventually. But we go, and he helps me, and we get a loan. And I see the loan amount that I have to pay back. Now, again, I told you I'll be transparent with you about some of the finances and things like that because I want you to understand some of the hardships and the decisions that I had to make. I couldn't even tell my wife exactly how much this new building was going to cost, but just know it was roughly mm, 55, six bands a month, you know, in that area, right? I didn't even want to tell her how much because I didn't want to hear her say, you won't be able to do it. Because in my mind, I can do anything. So I don't really tell her a real number. I think I told her, like, oh, it's going to be about $3,500 a month. And even then, she's like, "You, how are you going to pay that? And I'm like, on top of the bills and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out. Not knowing, like, man, it's really, like, dang, there two times as much as that. So I knew how much I was making at the time training athletes. And I knew how much the gym was going to cost with everything. So I told myself, you got to figure out a way to make up the difference. Even if I can't even pay for the house I live in. <laughs> even if I, but I got to be able to pay that building. So how am I going to pay for it? I started going harder on my podcast stuff. At that time, I was making about $600 a month with Blue Wire on a $40 podcast. I would record one or two episodes a week. Shout out to my guy Rob with my guy Rob. So I'm 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 doing that. And I'm like, man, I'm making about twenty five hundred a month training these kids. I'm making another six hundred on this podcast. So you know, I was around three thousand dollars. I'm like, man, that gym, <laughs> I got to double this. How am I going to do this? So I said, man, figure it out. He, you a hustler? Go all in on your podcasting. You got to go all in on your podcasting. So from there, I created a Patreon account where people would subscribe to all of my content that I was putting out about the draft. My brother's in the ear, my brother, my big brother BJ, and he's like, e, you got to create a YouTube channel. You got to create a YouTube channel. I'm like, well, how do I do that? So I created a YouTube channel. Next thing I know, boom, the subscribers are going up and I'm making money off that. So next thing I know, I'm making thousand off my YouTube. I'm making a thousand off my Patreon. You know, obviously I'm training the kids and I'm making another uh, 600 off the 49er show that I'm doing once or twice a week. And the next thing you know, boom, I get a phone call. Hey, I want to bring you on to this podcast. 
with me. And he told me the number. And it's like, wow, I'm going to make more money. Man, I'm, I'm going to hit that number that I wanted. And then another podcast came with on that same network with the draft. Next thing you know, I'm making a little bit more, right? I'm, I'll say I'm kind of at this point, even if I have to pay for the gym, I'm profiting about $1,000. But still, that might not be enough, right? You know, you, anything can happen or whatever the gym's being built. Now, I got to be able to cover all of this. So I said, okay, there's money in this right now. And you're, and you're starting to figure it out. You're hustling. You're getting it. Things are falling in place. Make $10,000 in a month just off your streaming by Christmas time. I told myself this in August. So in August, I was making whatever off streaming. I guess at this time, close to you know, four or $5,000, whatever it was at the time. I said, I need to get to ten. I need to get to $10,000 just off of my streaming a month. And by Christmas time, I surpassed that. I surpassed 10,000. And I said, man, you're making more than 10,000 just off your streaming. We'll try to take it to the next level, dude. Try to try to get to 20. Try to get to 20. And I'm not going to tell y'all how much I'm making now, but I'm closer to 20 than I am to 10. And and this was a, a time where it was all needed. Uh, my, my, my wife is in nursing school. I, you know, I pay everything at the house to put her through that. So she doesn't have to work throughout the nursing school process. She's about to graduate. But right now we're talking on April 12th, uh, is midnight. By the time y'all hear this, it'll probably be the 13th, but May 12th, she, she graduates from nursing school. Shout out to my wife. And, and at some point I, you know, we'll get into marriage and things like that. And kind of, you know, the, the, the way that entrepreneurship kind of weighs on that, but the, the way that it all kind of has fallen into place and, and then the goals, and I just keep setting different goals. Well, all right, Eric, uh, get it. You know, it went from trying to figure out just to make up the difference and, okay, just be able to break even by paying for that gym to, well, can, can you bring in 10,000 just off your streaming? Okay, damn, can you bring in 20 bands a month just off your streaming to, all right, can I pay for my house, my cars, the, the new gym? Can I pay for all of that in my wife and nothing has to come out of my wife's pocket. Will I be able to do that? If I don't have one kid training in that gym, one kid, can I still cover the cost? And that's, that's why I work so hard. So again, none of this is to brag. I want to bring y'all on this journey with me, you know, to, to let you know kind of the process again, a, a, a little bit over a year ago, I had no money going into this. None. I had nothing. I probably had $75 in my account when I actually quit the furniture store. If that, I, I don't know how much I had, but it wasn't much. And it's gotten to the point where, man, I can pay for the gym that's being built right now. I could pay for house to cars, I can cover everything without having one kid pay a dime. And that was a goal of mine. And I think when you are trying to find your way in entrepreneurship, you have to make these goals. And nobody's, my wife didn't even believe in it. And nobody's going to believe in you until you do it. I heard somebody say, Andy Fisella. I heard Andy Fisella say, like, nobody's going to believe in you until you do it. And now you do it. Now everybody, oh, Croc, oh, you doing this, oh, Croc, you... You know what I'm saying? They didn't believe in me until I did it. So now it's like, yeah, well, Croc can do whatever he puts his mind to. 
Now, part of it might be how I got to the NFL. And I'll tell y'all about that story on a later episode. But again, the, the odds, I was out of I was out of school and stuff. I was struggling. Like I said, robbing stores, all kind of stuff. Not working, quitting jobs, getting fired. Quitting. I worked at Walmart, I quit at uh, during break, never came back. And a lot of stuff was self-inflicted. And I think one one thing I've learned is you got to take accountability for your actions and your decisions. And the sooner you do that, and you just don't make excuses for yourself, and you don't listen to people that tell you what you can and can't do, the more you'll get out of this thing called life. Part of it is just putting it in God's hands and believing in the path and the journey that he has for you. Now, I do want to preference all of this by saying, it's not for everybody. Entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. All right, I got a buddy that I talk to all the time, my boy D. Graves. Man, I love him. Love my dog D. Graves. And we, you know, when we talk, we talk about some real stuff. And he was talking about what he's doing now and 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 things he has going on. And he's he just got a head coaching job. Shout out to him, Kimball High School. And he said something, and I was just like, dude, owning a business, being an entrepreneur, that is not for everyone. You don't have to do that. Like you're successful doing the things that you're doing. And I want to make that clear to everyone. Like, if you listen to this podcast, I'm assuming that you are going through this journey as I as am I. Or maybe you need the courage to be able to go through it. Maybe you need the courage. Like, I ain't telling you to quit your job. I'm not. But I do know one thing. I did not get the most out of it until I quit, until I put myself into that corner. But I'm a fighter. And I fought. And I scratched and I clawed. And figured it out. And I'm going to continue to do that. I put myself out there. I remember some years ago, my daughter, and it, and it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And I knew she wouldn't understand what she was asking me and what I was going to tell her. But, you know, looking at it now, nobody, nobody truly understood. So my daughter asked me, and there were people that had a problem with how much I was in my phone, but my daughter asked me, Dad, how come you're always in your phone? My daughter, Shane. And I'm like, damn, like, am I not paying enough attention to my daughter? I said, well, mama, daddy's networking. Daddy's networking. And really what I was doing was always in my phone to the point where, I mean, <laughs> my wife and my best friend, my brother, Donald, they try to have an inter intervention with me. You're addicted to your phone. You're addicted to your phone. And I'm like, you guys aren't getting it. Y'all aren't getting what I'm doing here and what I'm building here. Like, I'm on Twitter. I'm tweeting out content consistently. Football content, like, look what, like, the doors that opened for me. I was a credential member of the media for the 49ers. How? I'm not a journalist. I don't have a college degree. How am I a credential member of the media for the San Francisco 49ers? A team I grew up, I'm a fan. Look at behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, you see all these hats. How am I doing that? Well, all the content that I was putting out on social media. Everything I'm doing right now, everything, and I probably have close to 40,000 uh, followers right now on Twitter and another 10 plus on Instagram, or whatever, but all this stuff on Twitter that I'm doing, it, it came from tirelessly tweeting content, 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 being obsessed with it, even when I wasn't making money, but putting myself out there to know that at some point, one day, it'll pay off and nobody else got it. Eric's just addicted to his phone. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And I was telling them, I'm, I'm obsessed with football and I'm obsessed. I know something's going to come from this. And I told my wife this years ago. She didn't 
no, you're just addicted to your phone. You're just this and that. And I know probably some of y'all have that same issue. And maybe I, I was addicted. I don't want to say addicted. I was obsessed and I am obsessed with football, the process of that, and putting out content. And now that content pays every bill. And now, I said it before, I have two kids in California. I got to figure out a way to get back to them. Because coming out here originally, the year was to be here for, the plan was to be here for a year. It was to be here for a year or two. And now I'm going to be here long term. But I told myself, if I'm going to be here, I got to figure out a way to get back home. Can I make enough money to be able to, I fly to California almost every weekend, every other weekend, to go to my kids' soccer game, to go to my son's track meets, to take them out to eat, to take them to the movies, to go on dates with them. I can do it whenever I want. And I do. I can fly them out here. I can do whatever. But it all started with a plan and sticking to that even when people don't believe. And sometimes it's going to be people that are close to you that, that they're not going to believe in until they see it. And sometimes it's your, it's your significant other. But I think once my wife, you know, one thing she knows how determined I am and that I was going to figure it out. And I always going to do that. I don't want to talk y'all ears off too much, man. This is episode one, God's plan of the Not Ideal Podcast. And y'all probably wondering too, and I probably should have introduced this in the show or put that part of the, the intro. How did I come up with the 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 name not ideal. And that comes from, you know, on Twitter I'm always talking about, or on podcasts, I'm always using the word like that's not ideal, not ideal. And I and I thought in entrepreneurship and going through this process, there are a lot of situations that are less than ideal, that are not ideal. And you have to figure out how to maneuver through it and how to, you know, make it work. It's not gonna be ideal. But you gotta figure it out. And that's one thing I've done. I hope y'all like this episode, man. This is just episode one. I'm just getting warmed up, man. I feel like, you know, that boxer that's like outside the ring, you know, he's in this little room with his coach and everything, and he's like shadow boxing and he's doing all that. Uh, that that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just getting warmed up with this. I'm going to have some great, great, great guests coming on, whether it's former professional athletes, guys in situations like me. You're going to get the story about undrafted guys, what happens to them after, how they have to find their way. You're going to hear about NFL guys that played multiple years in the NFL, and now they have all these different business ventures, but they have to reinvent themselves. They're not the football player anymore. How do they find their way through life? So you'll find that guy on here, on this podcast. Uh, people doing all type of different things in walks of life, whether it's entrepreneurship, business advice, financial advisors, all those things. Because those are things I need to. Listen, being an entrepreneur now and making the money that I'm making, I have no fucking idea about taxes or any of that stuff. Write-offs and all. I'm learning it. But this podcast, man, y'all going to learn with me. And maybe some of y'all know about it. But you're going to get that information here. You're going to get the real. You're going to get the hard times. I, I told you I worked at 7-Eleven overnight. Like, y'all going to hear about all this real stuff and really what it took to turn the page in entrepreneurship. So I hope y'all like this episode. If you're watching on YouTube, man, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Run those numbers up. If you're listening on whatever platform you listen to, make sure you hit that follow button and leave a review. Again, it's all going to help. Five stars recommended. We're just getting started. Y'all know what it is, man. Eric Crocker, I'm signing off. I'll see y'all next week. Peace. Let's go. Crack time. Yeah.